at the end of the day, you know, architecture has a lot to do with how people live, right? It's on a daily basis. We interact with it all the time. And that, how those elements impact your life kind of really gets us really curious of like, okay, well, what are those outcomes four years now, five years, 10 years from now? We, can, we need to start planning for accessibility. You know, we're planning for more accessible buildings, more sustainable buildings. It just kind of never ends. Welcome to the Joe Momo Presents podcast. This is the Calgary Leader Series. Let's start the show. I'm really excited to have my next guest on the podcast. He's the principal at Keystone Architecture and Planning. Welcome to the podcast, Steve Bardick. Hi, how are you, Joe? Doing quite well, doing quite well. We had a really good pre-interview conversation, so I'm really excited to jump right into it uh, for the live interviews. So how about you? That's right. Kind of got us all jazzed up to start with. <laughs> it's good. I'm feeling the energy. I like it. I like it. Um, yeah, let's just jump right into it. How about you let the listeners know who you are and uh, what you do? Sure. Uh, my name is Judah Bartok. I'm an architect and principal at Keystone Architecture and Planning. Um, and what I do is uh, work with a lot of clients, subtrades, municipalities, and our team here at Keystone to design the built environment uh, throughout Western Canada. That's awesome. And I saw that with your history, uh, you were you started as an associate and then you worked your way up to principal um, in 2019. So how about you give us a little rundown on uh, how you got to your current role? Okay, so I'll probably have to start before 2019, but I'll try <laughs> quick. Um, yeah, so... Um, Born and raised in Calgary, and uh, my dad's an iron worker in Calgary, does a lot of steel and concrete work. So that's kind of the household I was brought up in, and that's kind of how I started, started in construction. Um, and then always was sort of interested in uh, the creative field, like have a bit of arts background a little bit. And as I sort of started working in construction, um, I have a cousin who's an architect actually on the coast. And just, you know, just have one of those conversations about the future, and he just sort of said, hey, you like building things, you like problem solving, you like creative outlet, maybe. Because I was thinking of going back to school and you said, maybe try architecture. And I was like, sure, why not? So I kind of went into that field and, uh, you know, along that way, you know, um, just through curiosity, sort of um, connected with some really great mentors along that really long, so far it's been since that point of school, going back to school, it's about a 20 year journey to where I am now. So, uh, uh, curiosity and mentorship are sort of themes you've heard me talk about uh, are pretty important. Um, uh, and then um, the idea of sort of being from Calgary, that boom and bust economy sort of built is sort of, you know, the determination and grit, as we call it, right? And in, in, in Calgary, of just trying to always push myself forward and learn and be curious. So that was kind of my journey to where I am now. Oh, absolutely. You had mentioned curiosity and mentors. Um, has that been a key uh, uh, resource for your career and your success, would you say? Yeah, I think so. I think from an architectural perspective, I think that's something we're always about is the curiosity and research and understanding, you know, sort of designing the built environment and being part of that team dynamic of, you know, what you know, really understanding clients' needs, the city's needs, the contractor's needs, the end user needs, or this it's, well, you know, there's a whole bunch of other questions we're going to chat about, but this idea of having empathy and understanding the needs of people and advising them of how we can get there are pretty critical. And, and, and that knowledge base from a mentorship is absolutely, it's sort of paramount. It's something that you really need to have and sort of 
we always talk about that idea of um, hitching your wagon to the right people to kind of carry you along is a really important thing, I think, in sort of any industry, probably. Oh, absolutely. Um, you speak about the industry. Um, I'm just curious from your perspective, what's the biggest challenge of it within the architecture industry or your industry? Yeah. Um, I think as advisors um, to all these different groups, primarily client-based, right? But to, to working with cities and con- contractors and, and um, subtrades is the idea of uh, building relationships, right? This idea of, uh, of trust and working together and uh, collaborating, right? It's an overly used term, but it's a pretty important one in what we do, I imagine, in most industries. Um, so I think to achieve that, you need to have an understanding and it is of clear communication, right? Everyone thinks we all communicate really clearly, but right, like what I'm saying to you right now, I'm perceived completely different by somebody who has a different um, um, background or communication style or or industry or education base, right? Like, so that's a big challenge, right? Writing something and saying something that I might perceive as what I'm trying to get across to might be perceived completely different. So that I think is a challenge probably across all industries that, that that's really important to understand. Absolutely. Uh, earlier in the interview, you'd mentioned the boom and bust uh, of Calgary um, and trying to build that resilience uh, in times of challenge. Uh, so I'm curious, how do you build resilience uh, in times of challenge? Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one, right? <laughs> so that's a good, especially, um, I mean, growing up, like we talked about, like kind of growing up in the 80s and the 90s, you know, as a little kid in the early 80s and the first major busts, uh, having a dad who was in the trade industry. So seeing, you know, having my dad, you know, not, not about, it's not about a, a psychological analysis of me that per se, but it's the <laughs> idea of watching a parent um, go from where you're interacting with them daily to moving, you know, they have to go to Eastern Canada, right? And this idea of Canada as a, as a world, as a, as a, as a national uh, economy, right? So. There's a couple comments about that later, but this idea of um, uh, being flexible, being able to, be able to pivot, because grit and determination is something that we're adding because you know we generally kind of have most people if you're determined, but the idea to to switch where you're going, to have an end goal of where you want to be, but how to pivot and be flexible to get there is 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 really how you build resilience. And um, I think we see that in Calgary now, it's something that you've talked about quite a bit in some of your other podcasts, this idea of other sectors being built, people taking an education basis and this idea of what they want to do and kind of switching it up a little bit. Because, I mean, from our standpoint, um, a couple of uh, our office in Calgary opened about three years ago. So we opened because we thought it would be really brilliant to open right at the beginning of COVID. So, (laughs) (laughs) right, like we we were not really totally expected, but there was sort of a downturn in the economy. you know, growing up in Calgary and being having a really good connection there through my family is this idea of um, such a great culture of people and education and talent pool. It was like, you can't go kind of wrong being there. So we're like, well, we should probably be there. And so it just COVID kind of hit us at the same time. So it helped us understand, like we talked about this idea of resilience and communic- back to communication, right? Like, how do you do all that starting in an office when the people aren't in the office? That's a, that, that, that's a really big thing that builds resilience in a, in a team and builds a culture that helps you kind of carry forward with where you want to get to. Absolutely. Having that team collaboration and uh, just teamwork 
uh, it's a big, big uh, layer of success uh, from past experience on, on the podcast. But uh, I'm curious from your perspective, Steve, what does success look like to you? Yeah, it's, that's a good question in terms of, because, you know, you talk about like, the idea of like personal, professional. So I yeah. kind of tend to merge them a little bit, which maybe <laughs> is not overly the best thing. But, um, it, you know, going back to this idea of sort of mentorship and mentoree, this idea of sort of like you always learn in your life. And like what, what kind of gets me charged is, um, you know, when, when I learn something new or I see something that I'm trying to teach somebody, when they get that or I get what they're trying to teach me and like, you know, you and me having this conversation right now just kind of gets me pretty, pretty jazzed up about like meeting people and having new ideas and learning things and transitioning of knowledge. So, uh, and I see that with, um, in our own office where we start to uh, implement new technologies to back to end users and understanding efficiencies and sustainability in the built environment, we can start to learn those things and how we can use different technologies to help us uh, understand and get better outcomes for users and clients is a, is a, is sort of a, something that I get really excited about. Well, you speak about new technology, new technologies and learning and just curiosity earlier. I'm curious what uh, you've read or listened to recently that's really inspired you. Yeah, I mean, a couple of things. It's, well, it's kind of everything around us, right? Like in terms of the idea of learning, it's like you're kind of going to have a couple of young kids that kind of teach me on a daily basis and keep me keep me in the humble zone, right? <laughs> you know, something <laughs> and your kids show you something, you're like, okay, I didn't expect that. Yeah. But um, yeah, just the idea of... Um, Surrounding yourself with back to mentors and mentoree, like you don't want to agree. And the idea of an agreeance, an agreeance bias, where everybody kind of agrees, right? Where everybody can have a dialogue and have different ideas, different backgrounds, where we can kind of come together for better solutions has always kind of got me curious. As as well as this idea of how you know COVID with starting our office in Calgary, of like how that has impacted um, you know clients and users, cities. Like how that will translate in the in the coming years, as well as how technology and sustainability play a role in the built environment. Because at the end of the day, you know, architecture has a lot to do, with, and, and planning has a lot to do with how people live. Right? It's on a daily basis. We interact with it all the time, and that and how those in how those elements impact your life, Joe. like kind of really gets us really curious of like, okay, well, what are those outcomes? Four years now, five years, ten years from now, we can we need to start planning for accessibility, and you know, we're planning for more accessible buildings, more sustainable buildings, and it just kind of never ends. <laughs> it just kind of goes <laughs> on and on, and you just have to kind of be this idea of. Um, I think one of your other podcasts we were talking about the idea of you always have to be learning, that you can't stand still, right? You always got to keep moving forward and keep trucking along because if you don't, it, what you do will, will pass you by. And now you're kind of, there's an irrelevancy. So we, you know, here we always try to keep, keep pushing ourselves along to learn more. That's awesome. I love that. I love the deep cut reference uh, to previous episodes when we had that conversation pre-interview. But uh, yeah, I think just always learning, just always continue to grow. I think that's a real key ingredient in uh, building that success and um, career and leadership. Um, you had mentioned that you mentor or... I like to uh, uh, share that transition of knowledge with other colleagues, uh, mentorees. Um, but what's maybe one question that you never get asked that you wish you would be asked? 
That's a good one because then I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know it, right? <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think the level of knowledge and collaboration, like the, the, the level of engagement it takes to actually produce design and the built environment, right, is is actually a really difficult. It's it, it's a lot of energy, not just not let alone just the building of a building. All the planning, all the you know, all the city regulations and all the policies they have to go through, and all the groups that have to work through that just to get the building to the point where you can build it. Like that's a that that's a a lot of energy on everybody's level, right down to all the tradesmen who are building it. Right, like it's an important process, and it's such a it's such a enormous undertaking. Even like when you go to a house or you go to a larger building, it, it's a lot more energy than people would think even before you see something physically there, right? And this idea of, like we said, trying to communicate to a team of how you actually get to that point is, is, is an enormous undertaking. Absolutely. Uh, what's maybe something that you're proud of that we haven't touched on in the interview so far? Oh, hubris. I don't have too many hubris comments, but uh, <laughs> sort of did. Um, I think what... If I had to, from a from a, a professional perspective, this is this idea of um, uh, where our company came from? It's like we come from like a very small, like sort of a small town. I, I, mean, I always hate to say mom and pop, sort of like very collaborative, hands-on sort of group that has sort of grown, you know, um, in the lower mainland, sort of in the Fraser Valley, where our company originally uh, originates from. Just sort of trying to keep that mentality of small, you know, you know, we always hear grassroots to start mm-hmm. to become something that's a little bit larger that can provide um, more elements of needs for the client. Like we do, you know, interior design, master planning, architecture, landscape. So we've kind of grown from over the last 10 years to provide more and more services so that we can really provide for the client with the intent of, you know, end user needs. And back to the idea of trying to understand all of that and be more integrated as a firm is really, it's very difficult. It's a very hard process to, to do. And then, you know, you know, quality control, like all these, all the, all the leadership elements and management elements that go with that. And then, you know, developing your team and help grow and mentoring your team. So, you know, because, you know, in our office, we do a lot of um, education within our firm. Like we actually try to really promote the growth of our own staff members and through education funding, through we do uh, technical um, courses within our firm. And we do all these things to really try to help our, our staff members because we realize it's actually one of the most important, you know, the, the most important asset you have is your team because, you know, that's, you know, Without that, you can't really succeed in any sort of industry. So we really understand that and appreciate um, the culture we developed from this grassroots to really try to promote people within the firm. I love that. Yeah, just the team aspect. Um, yeah, I think the team is really important. Uh, building that team, uh, reaching that success as a company or a business, just having people around you to really support support your work. Uh, speaking about your work, I'm just curious uh, as an architect, or it could just be leadership in general, but what's a common myth about what you do that you wish would be de- uh, debunked? Oh, you asked me the most easy question of all the <laughs> questions you've asked me as an architect. I think for me, the, 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 um, that sort of myth of there's this architect who does a sketch on a napkin and then, you know, going down with your hands and then boom, there's a building. 
that kind of ties back into communication and effort and so many important players. There's client cities, contractors, there's uh, it, it's team members are so important. It, it's not as simple as just, you know, I go have a cappuccino and throw a scarf and sit there at a cafe and do a little sketch <laughs> and then the building is designed and then I go home. Like that's it's it's an enormous undertaking for a lot of people and it has a lot of repercussions for everybody that that designs it, builds it, and then lives and interacts with the urban space. So I think that's a bit of a myth. It's just this like I do do we you know I do like I do a lot of design work myself, but I also do lots of other stuff that nobody, you know, that you don't actually get to see because it's not really exposed from an architectural perspective to the public, right? So yeah, I'd say that it's just there's there's not a napkin sketching pop. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Speaking of uh, recent works, I, I'm really impressed by your guys's uh, recent project, the Metro. I think that's really, really impressive uh, stuff. And uh, yeah, you guys do great work. And uh, it was a pleasure having you on the podcast. Um, Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. I have a couple more questions here for you. Um, first, where can listeners connect with you online if they want to reach out and uh, pick, your, pick your brain further? Sure. Um... Probably the easiest way is through LinkedIn, just under my name, Stephen with a V, Bartok. It's probably on your thing, on your podcast, but B-A-R-T-O-K, probably just in case. Um, that way or through our website at keystonearchitecture.ca. Uh, um, those are probably the two ways. I think my email is available on that website. And then all of our other contact info is there for our Calgary office as well as our Abbotsford office in BC. Um, yeah. Other than that, other stuff is... Pretty low key, right? Pretty um, super <laughs> social social media guy, but you know those are the ones I use primarily. Awesome, and I'll put those links in the description, guys. Go reach out to Stephen. Um, again, it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. Uh, since it's a leadership podcast, my last question to you is: uh, What does being a leader or leadership mean to you? Yeah, that's that's another good question. That's a very loaded question, right? So <laughs> I think. Uh, the idea of, um, I think maybe I heard this in one of your other podcasts, which is always kind of the idea of the idea of um, kind of working your way out of a job in a way, right? Like the idea of investing in your team and investing in the people around you to help you make decisions or to provide other um, collaborative elements in the work that you do to get the best outcomes. So I think that's a sign of good leadership is that um, you grow the people around you and the team around you to, to, to do um, carry on a lot of that work and it's not about the idea of downloading is not really what it's about it's not about being a boss a good leader isn't about being a good boss it's about delegating to the people who either can be better than you at the task know more than you at the task or have other ideas and and, and ways of doing things so it's really truly a collaborative effort and, and and leadership and recognizing that that's okay to do that, right? And then um, I think that's kind of one aspect. And then being good leaders, another good aspect of being uh, a leadership is the idea to um, be retrospective, to sort of break down failures. And I think it's a pretty common, it's a big common theme in a lot of um, leadership talks is, you know, you learn more from your failures than you do your, your, your successes because you don't understand why you succeeded. <laughs> but you certainly know why you failed. So it's the, we talk a lot about it here, the idea of insanity, right? It's the, doing something you know getting the same result by doing something you know that's it's, you gotta do something different to get a different result if you do the same expected a different result that's 
probably not going to be the best way to, to, to show proper leadership. You need to change the way in which you do things and your mindset to get different outcomes. So I think that's sort of the two aspects that are pretty important in good leadership. Hi, I'm Stephen Bartok, and you're listening to Joe Momo Presents. Thanks again for watching the Joe Momo Presents podcast. For more episodes, check out joemomo.com slash podcasts. All right, see you next time.